So a few years back, we met a gentleman named David Matlow, and the um, the name is certainly familiar to any regular listener of JM and the AM. David has the world's largest Herzl collection. He knows everything about a lot of stuff, but certainly knows everything about Theodore Herzl and is a real collector of some incredible uh, Herzl memorabilia. And he's explained to us on so many occasions uh, different things in history, in modern Jewish history, having to do with Herzl, having to do with the establishment of the State of Israel, having to do with Israel's relationship with the United States, etc., etc. We have some of the great gifts, the Herzl gifts that David's given us sitting right here in our brand new studio in New York City um, here at JM in the AM. Uh, but I discovered something about the Matlow family this week that I just had to feature on the air, and that is that David's father, Irving, at the age of 96, made Aliyah, moved to Israel, became a citizen of the state of Israel, and this history that was revealed as he's making Aliyah, I think, I think now gives us even greater insight into why David is the way he is. David Matlow, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum Bukher from Jerusalem, where I am right now. Amazing. Um, so many of us, and I'm sure many listeners, were always fascinated and continue to be fascinated by your fascination with Theodore Herzl and the commitment you've made uh, to collect, uh, to visit certain locations, to educate, to produce material for, for school children, uh, to do what you do with us here at JMNAM, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we always wondered, you know, what would bring somebody to be this obsessed, and I say that in the nicest way possible, with a segment or a personality or something having to do with modern Jewish history in the state of Israel. And then, of course, we hear this week of the history of your father, and, and frankly, uh, now we understand it a lot more. Uh, before we talk about the Aliyah, could you just describe from a Zionistic standpoint the type of household you grew up in? Well, my parents, my grandparents, my father's parents moved from Toronto to Israel in 1954. Uh, this was the fulfillment of their dream. They, they worked for the creation of the Jewish state. And when it happened, they moved. So I had a home in Ramad Gan. And in the 60s, when I was one and two and five years old, we would spend our summers in Israel with our grandparents. And my father, Irving, was not satisfied simply with visiting Israel for two weeks, two months. So in 1970, when I was in grade five, we spent a full year in Israel. That was the peak of my Hebrew language, and I've been living off of that uh, for the last 53 years. Um, we visited Israel uh, regularly. My mother was the national president of Hadassah Witso. It's the, the Canadian uh, arm of the Women's Zionist Organization. My father, Irving, who made Aliyah, he was actually a member of Machal, he left the University of Toronto after three, after third year to volunteer to fight in the newly formed Sahal in the War of Independence and came back to complete fourth year. Um, a, a year later, he was a Hebrew speaker uh, my grandparents were Hebrew speakers, and because my dad was a Hebrew speaker, he was in the communications um, part of the, 
the 7th Brigade under the command of another Canadian, um, a Canadian hero named Ben Tunkelman. Uh, so is, and when my dad returned to, to Canada, he, uh, founded the Canadian branch of the Badlamana Chayal, the Association for the Soldiers of Israel. So between Hadassah and the soldiers of Israel and going to Jewish day schools and Jewish summer camps and our, visiting our grandparents, we were steeped in Zionism. Uh, our whole lives. Yeah, that's an understatement. When did you take the deep dive into the official study and collecting and fascination with Herzl and so much having to do with the state of Israel and its relationship with the United States and Canada? My grandmother, the one who um, moved to Ramadan with my grandfather, my grandfather died in 1965 and my, my grandmother lived until 1991 in her in her home in Ramat Gan, there was a framed portrait of Herzl. And so my Yerusha, my inheritance was that portrait. I asked for it. And that was item one in my collection. Um, but as I think back, um, I, I participate. I went to a, a Jewish day school, a conservative, the Solomon Schechter School, conservative day school, in, in Toronto and, and in grade seven wrote a play about Zionists with a, uh, a good friend of mine who's now a prominent psychiatrist in Toronto. So he might be able to explain me better than I can. Um, and, and so it was, and I was always fascinated with how the state of Israel came to be. But looking at some old slides, I found a pic, uh, a slide, uh, a photograph of me and my sister uh, my next oldest sister, she actually made Aliyah and lives here in 1965 at Har Herzl, Mount Herzl. The two of us are standing beside Herzl's grave. I'm five, she's seven, which means that Herzl was important to our parents when we would visit Jerusalem on a day trip from Ramad Gan. This was 1965, so Jerusalem was was a separated city. You couldn't go to the old city. And so one of the sites we went to visit, uh, of course, was Mount Herzl, which means Herzl was significant to my parents. And uh, who knows, that maybe that's where the penny dropped for my Herzl fascination. Uh, but it has been something uh, as part of my life uh, for as long as I can remember. Yeah, part is uh, an understatement. David Matlow's with us. What date did your father make Aliyah? We arrived on the LL from Newark on the 3rd of January. And so, but he, he had an Aliyah. We were scheduled to go on October the 18th. And obviously with the events of October 7th and, and cancellation of flights and, and all, you know, a myriad of other factors, which everyone knows about, we did not go. Um, but my dad was ready to go on October the 8th. He said, I'm, I'm ready to go. If it means to the people of Israel that I am not afraid, I am going. How ironic, because that's essentially how he got to Israel 75 years ago. And in reaction to the War of Independence uh, being in full swing, he felt the need to go and uh, defend the land and the state of Israel. Right. His children were afraid for him to go. So uh, <laughs> we waited it until January 3rd. And so that's when we arrived. And last Thursday, I think it was the 11th of January, he got his two dots at the 
and Mishrat Hapkin, the Interior Ministry, so that makes it official. He has an Israeli identification card, and, uh, and, and he has said simply walking around Israel now as a citizen, he feels different. This was a culmination of a lifelong passion for Israel, and it really makes it official uh, for him uh, to be an Israeli citizen. And when did this begin? And I know it's been his whole life, but in terms of a serious effort where he said, okay, that's it, I'm going, was this, that, was this something that started a few months ago? Was it a few years back? When do you, when do you think he actually made this decision that ended up uh, being the January 3rd flight to Israel? It is something that he's talked off and on about over the years, but it was in the spring, maybe April or so, he said it, and I and I said, well, if, if, if you're serious, let's do it. And so in, in Toronto, where, where we live, I reached out to the Jewish agency. They have a shaliyah there uh, to begin the aliyah process, at least in Canada. It's initially through the Jewish agency and then through Nefesh Benefesh. Both the Jewish agency and Nefesh Benefesh were fantastic. They, they accelerated the process and understand, understanding the uniqueness of a 96-year-old wanting to make Aliyah and the need to move on with it. And so uh, there was the paperwork and portals and mechanics to, to work through. But by, you know, the summertime, it was, it was ready to go. Um, and so I have to commend Nefesh Benefesh and the Jewish agency for facilitating the fulfillment of my dad's dream. They worked uh, extra fast, and uh, unfortunately, because of events, it was delayed two and a half months, but but from April to October was was a, a really expeditious processing of his Aliyah application. And of course, they understood that uh, this is a, a 96-year-old who was there at the birth of the state yeah. and, and the significance of, of his return and and I believe he's the last living Canadian volunteer from the War of Independence, and so it's been a little bit of a media sensation here in Israel and in Canada. The fact that he's made the Aliyah at this stage. Well, the whole thing is unbelievable. Had they treat him on the flight? Did they realize that a 96-year-old with the distinctions that you just mentioned was traveling with them to Israel? Uh, they did actually before we took off. The pilot made an announcement over the PA system, both in Hebrew and in English, uh, to the applause of of people. And then my dad was invited to the cockpit wow. to talk to the pilots somewhere over the Atlantic. <laughs> and uh, there there are two pilots there, and and they were chatting for about uh, ten minutes, and then. Uh, one of the pilots stood up to shake his hand, and I said, who's flying the plane? <laughs> um, but there was a co-pilot there, and uh, they really, um, LL actually put a short video of it on the LL Israel um, Instagram site. So you can see some, some footage of, of the visit with the, with the pilots. LL as well understood the uniqueness and the significance of what my dad was doing. And uh, what, what's it been like? Have you had a chance to stroll through the streets of Israel with your father? Have you had an opportunity to, uh, to, to watch him bask in this uh, environment that he feels has made himself feel very differently at this point? Absolutely. On Shabbat, my, my sister is a, a member of uh, Kola Neshama, 
congregation in Jerusalem, and he had a special aliyah, and it was a big uh, celebration with uh, dancing around the bima and people coming up and wishing him a muscle over a tova um, from from many people, and uh, yeah, people recognize him from from some of the press, and actually, uh, in a few minutes, we're going to be heading to on channel 11 who they're interviewing him on television as well. It is a, it's a people feel are, are, are looking for things to feel good about. It's a very difficult time as you, you, all your listeners would know. And this is just a morale boosting story. And my father feels he's of service to the people of Israel by telling his story and uh, being amenable to whoever wants to talk about it, whoever wants to uh, speak about it, show it on TV, whatever it might be, um, that's his way uh, at 96 to contribute to improving the morale of the people. And it, and it is a fact that people do feel good, at least for a few minutes, when they hear about this story. Well, I mean, uh, you know, the, the, the whole it's never too late aspect of it is pretty remarkable, frankly. And as somebody who's uh, been committed in whatever way they have to Zionism, to the state of Israel, to the future of the Jewish people being in the state of Israel, it, it, it shows everybody of every age uh, that, it, uh, that, that, at, that at any age uh, we are welcome in the state of Israel. And at any age, uh, if one is capable of doing it, they certainly should consider and follow through in terms of moving Absolutely. to the state of Israel. Have you introduced, and I, I hope some people get this joke, have you introduced them to your barber yet? Well, um, yes, he knows my Barbara Schmulek, and, and you're, uh, you're alluding to the fact that... Um, that you refuse I, to get um, your haircut anywhere else but Schmulek in Israel, even if you're in Toronto for months. That's correct. So I, I have my haircut in, um, at Schmulek's. I call it follicular Zionism. I'm coming to Israel to have my haircut. For those of your listeners who are interested, you can find a short film about it, follicular Zionism during the pandemic, right. which is on YouTube. <laughs> it's pretty funny, actually. Uh, but like, you're committed. When it comes to things Israel, you're committed, David, and you certainly uh, prove it each and every time. Well, what can I say? Please wish your dad a mazal tov from us. It is so inspiring and so incredible that we've learned a lot more about David Mack after all these years just through the story of your father's history and your grandparents history it's pretty remarkable and we wish him the very very best and uh, uh what can i say uh, you and i one day will be enjoying one of these uh, permanent flights to the holy land please god with the backgrounds that we have and the feelings that we have toward the state of israel I look forward to introducing you to Shmulek and having a haircut together with you, Nassim, <laughs> one day, one day soon. Karov <laughs> biyamenu. As my uh, as my uh, youngsters in my ho household would say, goals. <laughs> that supposedly is the way <laughs> is the way to express that these days. That would be a goal worth attaining. Uh, David, congratulations, uh, Mazaltov again, and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everyone. David Matlow accompanied his father, Irving. 96 years old on the 3rd of January, just a few days ago, 96 years old on his Aliyah flight to Israel. We know David because of the Herzl collection and so much that he's done in terms of educating uh, adults and youngsters alike when it comes to modern Jewish history and especially Herzl. Uh, but we learned something new about him. And um, that's the incredible background that he has 
in terms of his family, and now his father is a permanent resident and citizen of the state of Israel as of January the 3rd at the age of 96. Pretty remarkable. More coming up. It's a Monday. It's JM in the AM. (laughs) 